all that you want to accomplish. Don't let anyone leave here tonight the same as when they came in. Lord, we just ask that you do a work in each one of us tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we say, have your way in this place. Let thy kingdom come and thy will be done in this place tonight on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus Christ, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you're bound up, the chain breaker's here. You don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay that way. I just plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room, including myself. And how many of you know that there's power in the blood? Oh, there's deliverance in the blood. <laughs> there's restoration in the blood. Hallelujah. There's power. There's freedom. There's freedom in Jesus. And he's here tonight. So don't be shackled up. Shake it off. Shake it off. Y'all can sit down. Hallelujah. Pastor's out of town tonight, but don't worry. He's coming back. This is not a permanent situation. <laughs> I know my ladies, some of my ladies are here tonight that come to the ladies' Bible study, and y'all have already heard this teaching, so I've already prayed that the Lord will give you a fresh word from it. How many of you know that, you know, you can hear a word over and over and over, but he's, a, he's able to give it to you fresh. He's able to make it fresh. Now, tonight we're going to talk about obedience, and you say, oh, no, why did I come tonight? But see, blessings follow obedience. That's good news. Blessings follow obedience. And the Lord says he prefers obedience over sacrifice. He says that in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15. So, but tonight I want you to go to your Bibles and go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Thank you, Father. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Oh, the Lord's saying he will reveal himself to us. He will manifest himself to us if we will get into a good, close relationship with him and obey him. Obedience to God's commands comes from our heart. So when you begin struggling to obey God, it's clear that your heart has shifted away from him. There's been a shift. Genuine love for God leads to wholehearted obedience. God's not looking for partial obedience. How many of you know that? He's not looking for compromise. I know, and we don't have to go there tonight, but I'd like you to go there at another time when you're at home in your own private Bible time. Go to, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 13 and 14, tell us how King Saul tried to compromise. The Lord showed him how to deal with the situation, and he did part of it the way God said to do it, and then he did the rest of it the way he wanted to do it, and then he lied to the prophet. Well, that's not what God's looking for. 
And the reason he's not looking for that is because he wants us to have his best. And we've got to obey him if we want his best for us. Obedience without love, as I said, genuine love for God leads to wholehearted obedience. And obedience without love is legalism. We, we need to discipline ourselves, but as helpful as spiritual disciplines can be, they cannot replace our, our relationship with the Father. They cannot replace that. We've got to be in a real relationship, a loving relationship with Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. How many of you know people that know how to quote Bible scriptures one right after the other, but they're not very loving? Y'all know anybody like that? I do. They're just not very loving. The thing is, if you love God and if you have a real relationship with the Lord, you're going to love people. You're going to love his people, even the unlovable ones. You will love them. So, Lord isn't looking for our godly habits, although our godly habits are good. And he's not looking beyond our, our, our moral lifestyle and how many times we go to church and how, how involved we are in church, but he's looking at our hearts. I don't know about you, but I ask him every day, give me your heart, Lord. Let your kind of love be coming out of me, Father, as I go forth in this day. And we all need to do that. I don't care how long you've been walking with him. Do you have God's heart? And do you love other people with God's kind of love? We need to ask ourselves that. Ask yourself that tonight. Don't just come here and take a few notes and and leave and not be different. I want you to leave here and be different by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of God's Word because you'll be a better person for it and a happier person for it. If your worship is stale, and if you find out you're not really hungry for his word, and your prayer life is just a ritual, oh, let me hurry up and get this done. I got a busy day. There's a good chance that your heart is shifted. Return to your first love. Return to your first love. Love is the greatest motivation for a relationship with God and for serving him. A lot of people start out legalistically trying to serve him, but that's not going to last very long. It's a a love for God that causes us to have a wonderful relationship with him and serve him. In Revelation 2-4, this is what Jesus said to the church of Ephesus. He said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. You've left your first love. In other words, the spiritual vitality that comes from love has turned into routine. That happens in marriages sometimes too. You know, a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago, Pastor taught a a lesson on deadly distance, and he talked about the currents that come in our lives that can get us to a dry place. He was talking about those dead, dry bones. And this this is what he was talking about. It was like taking God for granted, just routine. We, we don't need to do that. 
We have to learn how to give him our love and, our, and give it to him first place in our life and then commit ourselves spiritually to him and intellectually to him. In other words, you give him your heart and your mind. I like to get up every day and say, Lord, cause me to think like Jesus today. I have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Lord, cause me to think like Jesus today. Give me your heart today, Father, for the people. <clears throat> so we need to return to our first love. Our difficulty is really not that we don't know what to do. Our difficulty many times is that we don't want to do what God says for us to do. Now, I remember a long, long time ago, I, I was in a relationship, and I was young in the Lord, and, and, and a, a mighty woman of God suggested to me that I might want to get out of that relationship. And I said, uh, okay. And as soon as I got out in the parking lot, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't have to do what she says. If you don't want me in that relationship, you tell me. But the truth is that he had used her to tell me that. So I stayed in that relationship for two more years, and I made hardships for myself that I didn't have to go through. See, sometimes we just don't want to do what he says. Now, I'm talking about tonight being obedient to his word, and I'm talking about being obedient to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us. Obedience. When that happens, we've had a definite heart shift. When you say, I heard you, Lord, but I'm not going to do it right now. We've had a heart shift. I remember in Genesis uh, uh, chapters 1 and 2, actually uh, tw verse, chapter 22, verses 1 and 2, it talks about how Abraham, Abraham when, he, when the Lord told Abraham to take his son and, and, and present him as a sacrifice, Abraham did it. He had, he had walked with God a long time, and he had learned how to trust him. And he learned how to trust him even with his only son that he waited so, so long to get. But, you know, because he trusted God and because he loved God so much and he knew God loved him, when he got there to sacrifice his son, as you all know, God provided another sacrifice. God is our provider. He, you know, he wants to develop our character to, to match bigger tests, to bring us up higher with him. You know, I, I remember when I went through cancer, uh, one morning I woke up and I was praying for somebody else. And as I was praying, he spoke in my spirit, be anxious for nothing. And I knew that that scripture was in Philippians. And so I went to Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, where he says, be anxious for nothing. Uh, but in everything, in, in prayer and supplications, make your petitions known with thanksgiving. And he said, and I'll give you my peace. And I'll guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. So I did that. And did you know I walked through that entire episode of my life in God's peace? And I had never been in that kind of peace in that kind of situation before. But see, he took me up higher because I was obedient. He said, don't be anxious, and Saul wasn't. And he, he guarded my heart through Jesus. So that's what he's doing. He's, he's building our character. As we walk through our journey with the Lord, our spiritual journey, and we walk through certain difficulties, he's taking us up higher with him. If we'll do it his way, obedience. We're talking about being obedient. 
Our greatest challenge will be to wholly commit our lives to follow God obediently as he reveals it. Uh, let's read Deuteronomy 30. Let's go there. Deuteronomy 30, and I know you're all familiar with this. We're going to read verses 11 through 20. For this commandment, which I command you today, is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart that you may do it. See, I have set before you today life and good and death and evil. And in that, I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, then I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life, and both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, and you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers and to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. My goodness, that's easy to understand, isn't it? Choose blessing. Choose blessing in life and, 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 and uh, make a commitment to serve God. You may need to, re to renew your commitment to the Lord. You might need to do that tonight. I don't know. I don't know where your hearts are, but God does. So God gave the, the Israelites a choice, and he said if they chose to obey his commands, they would face his wrath, chose to disobey. If they chose to obey, they would receive his blessing. And you know, pretty much God's word comes to us the same way, except we have the power of the Holy Spirit to show us his truth and to give us direction and to lead us into all truth. So I say to you tonight, choose blessing. Choose to be obedient to the Lord. Choose life, renew your commitment, obey his voice and cling only to him. Be confident that God will supply all you need to follow him fully. He's the God who is enough. We have to understand that life in Christ is a life of faith and depend on him completely. Everything we need, spiritually, emotionally, physically and financially, he's enough. He is El Shaddai. He's the God who is enough. Do y'all believe that tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. And God's word is clear. The question is, how are we going to respond? God will always, through the Holy Spirit, give us sufficient revelation and strength to take the next step with him. He will give us what it takes to go forth. He gave the Israelites just enough manna for one day. And he gives us just enough grace for one day. 
The Israelites did disobey him, and they experienced defeat and frustration. But God, in his mercy, his mercy, remember, is new every morning. When they cried out, he, did, he delivered them out of their circumstances, even though they still had to suffer some consequences. You know, when we're not obedient and, and, and we don't do what he tells us to do, and we find ourselves in circumstances that we don't like, we can still cry out to the Lord, and he will still deliver us. But we might have to suffer some circumstances for the wrong choices. If you find you are continually experiencing defeat in the challenges that you face, you probably need to examine your heart. And I hope that tonight, if you need to examine your heart, that you will do that here in the house of God, in the presence of the Lord, because he's here. He's here. Thank you, Lord. All right, let's read Mark. Let's go to the book of Mark. I need a bigger podium. Okay, we're going to be in Mark uh, chapter 14, <clears throat> and we're going to read verses 12 through 16. Now, on the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare that you may eat the Passover? And he sent out two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the city, and a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him. Wherever he goes, wherever he goes in, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is the guest room in which I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared, and there make ready for us. And so his disciples went out and came into the city and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. I'm sure when the Lord uh, went, told those disciples to go in and do that, that they thought, oh, well, okay. I mean, they didn't have all the, all the answers for why he was having them do that. But they trusted him, and they were obedient, and they went in, and because of their obedience, they had a wonderful time with the Lord at the Passover meal. They experienced a wonderful time in the Lord because they were obedient. You know, sometimes the Lord will tell you to do something real simple, and you'll think, that doesn't really sound all that important. But you go ahead and do it, and you end up having an amazing experience with him. Has that ever happened to y'all? It happens to me. It happened to me recently, as a matter of fact. Um, I had a friend in from out of town, and, and I had a, the ladies' Bible study on the Tuesday night, and, and Janie called me. She told me it was okay to tell this story. And Janie called me and said that uh, she had asked someone to come and pray over her house. It was before the Matthew uh, project that Pastor had asked everybody to do, and she was having people to her house, and she wanted somebody to come over and pray over her house. And she said she had asked someone to come, but she wasn't sure if they could make it. And I found myself saying, and I couldn't figure out why I was, because I already had a full plate. I had company. I had the Bible study and whatever. I said, well, if they can't come, I'll come and pray. I'll come and pray over your house. And she said, okay, that'd be great. And I thought to myself, why did I say that? Well, I, of course, know it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit. 
So that afternoon, we all went over to Janie's house. My friend and I went over to Janie's house, and, and I didn't know exactly how we were going to pray or what was going to, you know, how we were going to do it. But we walked in, and we were standing in Janie's living room. And as we were standing there, Janie began to tell my friend a little bit of her testimony. Well, I've already heard Janie's testimony, so I just kind of was being quiet before the Lord. I had my head down, and while Janie was giving her testimony, the Lord said to me, back up and, and uh, plead the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of her house. And I had some anointing oil. And so after Janie told most of her story, I said, okay, I'm going uh, to go ahead and get started. And I backed up. I started to back up. And as I began to back up, I began to stagger. And then I began to weep because the glory of God had fallen in that place. And it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. And from then on, I can't tell you what we prayed, but boy, we went through that whole house. Not just that front room, didn't we, Janie? But we went all through that house. And it was an amazing presence of the Lord. I'm still talking about it. It had a, a huge effect on me, and it, it made me see that even if it's a little thing, obedience is so important. Because that little thing brought us into the presence of the Lord. His glory fell. You know, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that said when his glory fell, the priest couldn't keep on doing what they were doing. I didn't want to leave Janie's house. I said, why don't you call the ladies to have them come over here? We'll have the Bible study. I mean, it was that strong and powerful. It was amazing. So even in the little things, we need to be obedient. Those disciples were given instructions from Jesus, and they obeyed, and they had a, uh, even though I'm sure they had some questions about, wonder what the guy's going to look like, and, you know, what if we can't get into that place or whatever, they did it, and so they had an amazing experience with the Lord, and they had a wonderful time. Obedience to Christ and his commands always brings fulfillment. I didn't say it sometimes does. It always does. Don't try to figure everything out when he gives you instruction. I have a tendency to do that. I don't know if y'all do. Y'all have a tendency to do that? You try to figure it all out before you do it? <clears throat> don't try to. Just go ahead and do it. If he tells you to do it, do it. But he, he withholds just enough information so that you have to depend on him. You have to count on him. You have to rely on his guidance. So we need to continually trust in him. I love the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where he says, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your steps. See, we need to be in that frame of mind all the time. And how you respond will affect what he does next in your life. How you respond to his instruction will, or to his word as you read it. You know, I know y'all have been reading the word before, and he's convicted. The Holy Spirit will convict you in a certain passage. Well, how we respond is, is going to affect what he does next. So tonight I want to say to you, if he's told you to do something, do it. Has he told anybody in here to do something and you haven't quite gotten there yet? I see some heads going like this. Well, tonight you're going to have an opportunity to go before him and tell him, I'm ready, Lord. I'm going to do it. Because you don't want to miss out. He's got so much for us. 
We need to get on with it. Okay, let's go to Luke. Luke 6. Luke 6, and we're going to start in verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately fell, and the ruin of that house was great. What's your house built on? You know, there were a lot of uh, would-be disciples that followed Jesus around the countryside, and they listened to him teach, but they didn't do what he said. You know, there are a lot of people that come to church every Sunday and sometimes even Wednesday, and they hear the Word, but they don't do what it says. We're talking about obedience. Along with the true disciples, these people called him Lord, but their lives were all unchanged. Let me tell you that if you get into a full-fledged love relationship with Jesus Christ, your life is going to change. Your life is going to change. It's just going to happen. That's all there is to it. <laughs> You're going to change. So Jesus confronted them. They were, they were calling Jesus their master, but they refused to be his servant. They didn't make any kind of sacrifices. They just continued to live their lives the way they wanted to live them. <laughs> they continued to pursue their own goals. They weren't so interested in kingdom living. They practiced whatever lifestyle suited them. If that's true for you tonight, I'm not the boss of you. I can't see your heart. But if it's true, examine yourself. Just examine yourself. And if it's true, repent. He loves us. You know, he's so long-suffering. You know, I, I see people that, that, that I've ministered to that go back out in the world. He doesn't ever let them go. They don't get to enjoy his presence all the time because they're out there running in the world and playing in the darkness. But he loves them. And he loves you. And he loves me. And when we mess up, all we have to do is repent. And he will draw us back in. But we need to also turn and go the other way and begin to obey him because his ways are better than our ways. Amen. You know, uh, one of these people that I, I'm thinking of right now, uh, I heard just recently, uh, uh, ended, have, have ended up in jail. And, uh, and, and one of the relatives said that they, they said, one of the girls said, I've got to get my life together. Well, her getting her life together has landed her in jail. Because see, what really gets our life together is a complete surrender to Jesus Christ Amen. and his ways. A total surrender. That's what gets our lives together. <laughs> it's letting him have his way in our lives and us being obedient, stepping out of the way. Because all our good ideas 
don't get us where we need to be. You see, he's the one that makes peace out of chaos. He makes order out of chaos. <clears throat> Jesus wants us to have a solid foundation, and he wants it built on him and his truth. You know, his truth sets us free. His truth sets us free. And then he wants to use us to accomplish his plan. He's got a plan. And it's a whole lot better than our plan. Have y'all discovered that yet? When I decided to serve him wholeheartedly, I, I realized how I wish that I had done it sooner because my plan and my ideas weren't getting me anywhere. His plan gets you where you need to be. This requires a relationship and a heart turned towards him, and it requires obedience. Let's go to the book of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15, we're going to read. I keep thinking I can see the Bible without my glasses. Any minute, my sight's going to be perfect. John 15, 14 through 17. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. We're talking about obedience. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us his friend. But friendship is a two-way street, isn't it? It's one thing to consider God your friend, but can he count on you to be his friend? Amen. I'm just asking you that tonight. You know, uh, Jesus called his disciples friends. Aren't we his disciples? Aren't we his hands and his feet here? now and today. In Isaiah 41, 8, he's, Abraham walked so close, closely with God, he considered him a friend. In Exodus 33, 11, the Bible says, Moses spoke to God face to face as a man speaks with his friend. So if you do what he says, then you're holding up your end of the relationship. You're being obedient. To be a friend of God, you've also got to have a heart like his. Amen. King David had a heart for God. He was a man after God's own heart. His heart was totally devoted to God. He wasn't without sin, but he didn't stay in it. He repented. He also loved to praise and worship God and talk about God, and he loved to be in God's presence. I do too, don't y'all? I love to be in his presence. God takes great delight in those who love what he loves. Jesus demonstrated his friendship for us when he went to the cross. So I want you to ask him before you leave this place tonight what you can do for him. What do you want from me, Lord? You know he'll tell you every day. All right, let's read John 21, and that's going to be all of our scriptures to read tonight. And then we're going to let the Holy Spirit take over and, and teach us more. John 21, verses 15 
So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. See, Jesus wants to restore us, and then he wants us to feed his sheep. He wants us to share the good news of the gospel. He wants us to disciple a new uh, a believer. He wants to love somebody that's not very loving. <laughs> so we need to ask him every day, who, who do you want me to feed today, Lord? Who do you want me to call and encourage today, Lord? Who do you want me to call and tell them what you did in my life? Or, or maybe you'll just run into somebody at H-E-B, and he'll say, tell them what I did for you. He, one time he did that to me, and uh, these were, this was early on in my walk, and I was in a congregation of people that I did not know. But there was a woman that was so totally distressed over her alcoholic son. She was just weeping. She was just desperate. And the Holy Spirit said, go tell her what I did for you. And I was young in the Lord then, so I hesitated for a little bit. But he wouldn't leave me alone, and so I did approach her, and she received it. And it gave her hope. You see, God knows not only your heart, but he knows the, heart of, the hearts of others. Amen. So it's not just all about you. It's not just all about me. You know, once we give our hearts to Jesus, and we get washed in that blood, and he brings up at us out of darkness into his marvelous light, but we don't just come sit in church on, Monday, on Wednesdays and, and on Sundays. We, we step into kingdom living. Because there are a lot of people out there that are hungry for the word. They don't know how much Jesus loves them. They don't know if they will li learn to live according to his word and obey it, that everything in their lives will change. Receiving Jesus Christ into your heart, getting into the word of God and learning how to walk in it, is the most marvelous thing that can happen in anybody's life. I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. Y'all already know that, right? But you know what? The next time that you get frustrated and the next time that you feel like you've waited long enough for your answer, don't quit. Just be obedient. Just begin to thank Him for what He's already done in your heart. Just begin to wait on him to do the next thing. He might be waiting on you to do the next thing. And so if you're here tonight, if you're here tonight, I want you to take time to go before him. He's the one you want to go to. Go to him and, and, let, and examine your heart before him. Tell him, I'm sorry, Lord. I, I, I know you told me to go do that six months ago, but I didn't do it but would you help me do it now because now I'm ready. I want to do it. Forgive me for postponing this. But would you, would you, would you help me now? Would you give me the grace that I need? 
Would you let your Holy Spirit lead me to the place that you want me to be? I want to obey you now. I want you all to do that tonight before you leave this place. I don't want you to leave here the same. I can't see your hearts, but God sees your hearts. And so I want to open up the altar tonight. And if you need prayer, my, um, Brother Schweitzer will come and I'll be here and we'll be happy to pray for you. But maybe you just want to go and be with the Lord. Just go before and go to the, come to this altar and just, and just say, here I am, Lord. Have your way. Please let me hear your voice. You know, he's not trying to hide anything. Or maybe you'll say, you know, Lord, I read that scripture last week. I heard that scripture in church. I heard it at that Bible study, at that small group meeting. And I knew it was for me. But I haven't applied it to my life yet. I just haven't, Lord. But I want to do it now. Would you give me the grace that I need to do that? Well, Lord, I'm kind of scared to step into that that you've called me to do. But I bind the spirit of fear tonight. And I decree and declare that I'm going to purpose in my heart to do it your way. Not just one part of my life, but every part of my life. Sometimes we give him one area, but we keep another area for ourselves. I don't know if you've had that experience. But tonight he wants to do something. He wants to show you that obedience to him brings you into his presence and will bring a marvelous joy. So tonight, will you come? Will you come and just let him minister to you? Will you come to the altar and just give God a chance to speak to you? To bring you up higher with him.